Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. Got a first this season. Got Dewey Burke to talk Carolina basketball. Carolina wins 77-61 over Gardner-Webb in the Smith Center on Friday night. Dewey, first of all, how you doing? Second off, let's talk Carolina hoops. Yeah, doing well. Thanks for asking. Glad to be on. I uh, I have my beef with Comcast that they still haven't picked up the ACC network, so wasn't able to watch the first two games. Missed the Notre Dame game, which is the first conference game I haven't seen since before I even was anything to do with Carolina. So that was frustrating, but uh, jumped on YouTube and was able to watch the game tonight, and uh, we'll get into it, but pretty sloppy. Uh, not a lot to love, but uh, it's early yet, and we've got Guys still figuring out their roles and guys out, and at least we have that one dude. Indeed, Carolina has that one dude, Cole Anthony, 7 for 17. Uh, not as good as he's done, or at least in the first game, but the 11 for 13 from free throw line, you got to like, goes for 28 points. You know, I think his plus minus was plus 20. Dewey, he is indeed that dude for Carolina. He is, and, and what's what's amazing is already three games in, he commands all 10 eyes from the defense. You know, everything is focused on where he is, what he's doing. And so I think as guys settle into their roles and we can figure out how he can create more shots for others, we're going to be able to score the ball better. We're just not there yet. We're rusty, and the guy that probably would have the best feel for that is Hurt in B-Rob. So I think we've we've got a ways to go, but he's so dynamic. And that being the first time I've watched him live, I was really impressed with him defensively also. Uh, his his court awareness on that side of the ball, deflections, blocks, steals, uh, just his his level on that side of the ball was impressive to me because we've talked a lot over the years on this podcast about there's so much going on in your head as a point guard at Carolina, especially as a freshman. And for him to have control of all that and be dialed in defensively was very impressive to me. Something Jordan Cornette said, and I wanted your take on it. I thought about you immediately after he said it. He said he's a, a combo guard that can score the basketball. Uh, Roy Williams has talked about him being uh, one of the most complete point guards he's ever had. Other people have said he, he's one of the best point guards um, to ever play at Carolina. Your thoughts on what he is? Uh, is he a point guard? Is he a combo guard? I know it ultimately doesn't matter, but I see a guy uh, that is a a fantastic point guard that's just scoring as much as he is for North Carolina because he has to at least early in the season. I think that's right. And if if I think the question was framed is what is he at the next level? And at the next level, he at least in my view, with very few exceptions, is too small to be a two guard in the NBA. He's just not big enough. So to me, he's a point guard. Uh, at the next level. Uh, he has the ability to shoot the ball from distance. One thing I love is the ball does not stick in his hands. You know, late shot clock, when he's got it, he's got to make a play off the bounce, and and that's what he's coached to do. But in the flow of our offense, in the flow of the motion, he doesn't overhold. He doesn't hog it. He moves the ball when that's the right play. And that was one of the things I was interested to watch tonight was, does the ball stick with him because he knows he has to score? So 
if we're just running running the motion, the ball swings to him, does he just hold it? And he doesn't. The ball moves. He runs our sets. He swings it when that's the right play, and he penetrates and pitches. And, you know, he might have forced a couple, and he was kind of caught in between when he's penetrating and doing little Euro steps and floaters and stuff, but that'll come. Uh, but to answer your question, to me, he's a point guard. I mean, how many sub six four two guards are there in the league? I mean, McCollum in Portland is one that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm not sure I can come up with another one, you know, right off the top. You know, you, you got to be six five to six eight to play the two in the league. So to me, he's a point guard. He is. Uh, I agree with you what you said. The ball doesn't stick until it has to with him. And that's one thing. Let's let's talk a little bit about. We'll do sort of the good and bad. And let's let's go to the, the maybe the bad a little bit, especially tonight. It seemed like it was an issue because um, Anthony played what thirty three minutes tonight as opposed to thirty seven, thirty eight in the first two games. But he uh, when he's out, what are you seeing from this Carolina team? I know everybody says Leaky Black's the backup point guard. Um, I'm not seeing much of a Carolina, a traditional Carolina offense with Anthony out. How does Roy Williams get that corrected? Um, even though it is early, the season doesn't get any easier, especially coming up here, yeah, game midweek next week, and then they're on to Atlantis against some tough ball teams. So how does Roy Williams massage that and get that maybe corrected as this season progresses? Yeah, well, your initial question was, what do I see? And I see confusion. Right, the, the guys that are on the floor when Cole is out are not real sure how to how to play together, and so uh, part of that is just being early in the season and having a bunch of new guys. Right, I mean, Leaky hasn't played very much with Christian and and with Pierce, and so all those guys getting a feel for each other. They've only had you know what twenty five practices or, or whatever it's been. So I think they just they don't have a feel for how to play without him because he's a security blanket. You know, when when you're running your set, again, he commands 10 eyes, so it creates openings and opportunities for others. And so when he's not on the floor, you, you don't have that ability to instinctively know that even if we run our sets and run motion, if we don't get a good look, well, we can give it to Cole at the top of the key and he's going to run fist or four flat and and go make a play and and hit a incredibly difficult shot like he did against two outstretched hands, that, that big three that really opened it up for the last time. When you don't have that comfort, you have to learn how to create shots. And that's what we don't have right now. We don't have a guy that can create his own when Cole's not on the floor. So Leakey's going to have to fill that role, I think. He's the, the natural fit as that backup ball handler. And even if it's not creating a shot for himself, he needs to figure out a way to use his length and his size to get into the painted area and try to draw a second defender or shoot up and over or get the ball to Mondo or to uh, to Garrison in a position to be successful. So hopefully that'll come. But I also can say with great confidence, and you saw it in the Notre Dame game, even though I didn't see it, you look at the stat sheet, we get into the conference, we get in these big time games, Cole's going to play 37, 38 minutes. And that's just the reality of who we are. And so hopefully conditioning wise, he can handle that foul trouble wise. He can handle that not getting hurt. He can handle that. Uh, I know he thinks he's up for that um, mentally, physically, but it's a different deal. You get into February and you go on the road in the conference and playing somebody 38 minutes at our pace is no joke, but that's who we're going to be. I mean, he's going to have to do that. 
It'll be interesting to watch to see how it progresses. Let me take a quick second to talk about johnnytshirt.com and Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. Everybody knows that listen to this podcast. They're our great sponsors. Uh, they've got all the Carolina gear you can need, both in-store and online. Great customer service across the board. Definitely in-store and definitely online. And if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, which most of you are, and if you're not, you need to be, you get that 10% off your everyday order. Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. Johnny T-Shirt online. Carolina folks run it. They know what Carolina fans need. They're your place to go to get all Carolina things that you could possibly want. Dewey, looking at the box score, um, Armando Baycott, 12 and 11. Another solid game. Of course, he missed 95% of the UNC Wilmington game with the injury. Um, I thought he's looked pretty good. Um, if I had a beef with him, he needs to get stronger with the basketball in the paint. Yeah. Uh, but that'll, I guess, I assume will come. Um, you can talk about that, but also talk about as far as skill level, what you've seen from him. Yeah, impressive. And he's actually one of the guys I was there. I was down in Chapel Hill in September and I saw Mondo play pickup and uh, was really impressed with his ability to run, his footwork. He's got good touch. He's got polished post moves. So, what I saw from him tonight was more of the same, with the exception of what you said. I know he only calls in the book that he had three turnovers, but it sure for, felt like he had four or five where he brought the ball down or he got a rebound and the guards just stripped him or took it from him or knocked it away. And he's just got to get stronger. And that, that that comes with experience. He's just not used to a 5'10 perimeter player being able to take the ball from him because in high school that would never happen. But you get to college, and even the 5'10 guys have been in the weight room four years, and they're strong as can be. And they'll take your ball if you put it in front of them. So he'll learn that. Hopefully he'll learn to keep the ball a little bit higher, chin it, and keep it up above, like Cornette was saying, keep it at seven feet where they can't get it. Uh, but a couple of nice post moves from him, little jump hooks. Um, I would like to see him get to the free throw line, which he didn't do. Uh, four offensive rebounds, though, happy with that. And he's going to continue to get better and better and uh, continue to get into game shape. I think his conditioning has improved quite a bit since the summer. And by first of the year, should be even better after he's played seven, eight, whatever it is, number of games. Um, but a lot to like with him. Big body, long. Yeah, that nice block shot, which showed great timing. That's what you look for with shot blockers is do they have the timing to uh, to go up and knock that ball away? And he did a nice job on that one play. So, you know, I thought he did well. He's just He's got to get tougher, got to get stronger, and, and that will come with time. And don't you think getting to the free throw line will come with getting stronger? Because he doesn't just get stripped um, pretty easily. Rather, if he's stronger, he, that turns into a foul. Right, exactly. Yeah, he he holds on to the ball and he, he he pulls that guard up with him and tries to put him in the rim. And invariably, yeah, whether it's a foul or not, it's going to look more like a foul than if you just straight up lose the ball, right? I mean, nobody better than who we refer back to all the time than Tyler at, at having the capacity to never get stripped and get the ball up to the rim with people hanging on him. And that's why he got to the line so often is that ball always found its way up to the rim. And for Mondo tonight, like I said, only three turnovers, but it felt like four, at least maybe five times that he had the ball in the paint with a chance to go up strong and, and the ball didn't, didn't get up past his shoulders. So he's got to work on that. And, and to be honest with you, that's also something that in practice, our, our blue team, our walk-ons have got to, go dig that ball away from him and try to give him the opportunity to work on it in practice. And it's, it's a fine line. I've been in that position because there is always this outlying fear you have 
that you don't want to hurt one of your teammates, especially one of the five-star guys. I mean, I remember sitting in a in the office with Coach Hass when we were talking about practice and, and asking him point blank, like, what if there's a loose ball and I'm near Tyler? Should I not dive for it? Because I'd be so afraid to get him hurt. You know, so that is a thing that you deal with in practice. And so he may not have a lot of instances when guys are trying to dig it out from him or slap at him or rip the ball away for fear of injuring. Um, so it would help if practice was maybe a little more physical on him, but we're already banged up. We're already hurt. So I understand why it's not, but then he's only going to learn in the games and he'll hopefully learn from tonight. That's a great point about practice. I mean, a lot of people think, uh, you know, you go hard in practice, but you can't go hard. Like you said, with the injuries, they've, you got four guys over there in suits or B-Rob wasn't in a suit tonight. Um, so he's probably going to be back sooner than later, but you don't want to put another guy in a suit in practice. That yeah. is that that that's what cannot happen. Carolina wins seventy seven, sixty one. Do we let's talk a little bit about maybe Leaky Black a little bit? Now I love uh, his stat line almost every night. Tonight five rebounds, six assists, only two turnovers, a couple steals, only two points. I think Leaky's got to shoot the basketball, and I think he's got to get more aggressive. Um, how tough is that for a player that's never really been the most aggressive guy out there to turn into that type player? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you, you can see he hesitates. There were a number of times when I thought he could have just caught and shot a three or had the ball inside the paint. Maybe one dribble pull-up was there for him. And uh, he's hesitant to to seek his own shot. And again, I feel like I keep saying this, but something that will come with time and, and watching film, he can sit with, Coach Davis or Coach Rob, and they can point to him and say, hey, look, Cole's already going to shoot it 20 times. You know, in this instance, you know, on this play, you caught the ball with a chance to step in and catch and shoot or, or take one dribble and shoot a pull-up. Instead, you passed it to Cole, and then he had to create and figure out something to do when he thought it was a shot you should have taken. So it can hurt you when you don't take the shots that your teammates expect you to take. And I think he passed up a couple – I thought Christian passed up a couple too for a guy that uh, is meant to be a shooter and had a slow start tonight um, before he got it going in the second half and made a couple. There were a couple times where, and maybe it's just we've, we've been spoiled and gotten used to seeing certain guys that have shot the ball so well over the last couple of years and just had no conscience, like Cam, Joel Berry was that way, Marcus Page. There were a couple where I'm thinking to myself, like, Christian, you're, you're a shooter. Like, shooter going to shoot. Pull it. And he didn't. Um, but again, it, it, it's his third game in a Jersey and, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't know that yet, but those opportunities against a broken defense, secondary break, where it's four on three, where you get an open look with bigs underneath for offensive rebounds, you have to shoot it because if you don't, and we pull it out now, it means a set defense against five, uh, five on five. And invariably we've seen, unless we get a great look, that means Cole's got to create something. So when we, get a stop and a rebound. And even if it's not a primary break, if, if Leakey and Christian and, and Playtech and Pierce, these guys have a chance to catch and shoot with offensive rebounders in place, you got to let it fly because otherwise it puts a lot more pressure on Cole. So those are my thoughts on not just Leakey, but all the other guys not named Cole. When you have an opportunity to take that open shot when it's in the flow and guys are underneath the offensive rebound, sometimes our best offense is just Getting that offensive board. It's been that way forever. You got to put it up. 
Justin Pierce, uh, I thought, has looked good this season. Uh, if you saw uh, – you didn't see the UNC Wilmington game either. He looked very comfortable down there in Trask Coliseum. Um, I, I think he's a guy – Yeah, everybody talks about who's going to be the second scorer, and I think it's got to come from Keeling ultimately. But I, I think Justin Pierce is a guy, if he's going to be coming off the bench, he, seven rebounds tonight, eight points, three of six shooting. Uh, talk about his game, what you saw maybe tonight. I, I mean, he's a, a William & Mary guy. Um, he's extremely athletic, judging from some of the, the YouTube videos and all, or appears to be. Um, I think he's a guy that can really be sort of a spot-up shooter for this team that this team desperately needs, not a Cam Johnson by any means, but can sort of feel that role a little bit to be able to hit those kick-out threes, maybe more so than he has thus far this season. And you're talking about Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, and I was interested to see if if any of those late shot clock situations, we ran anything similar with him like we used to run with Luke, where instead of it being Garrison always setting that high pick and roll, having Pierce come and set the screen for a pick and pop, right? Because he would seem to be a natural fit for that. Cole comes off the high ball screen. He's going to attract two defenders. And then if, instead of Pierce rolling to the rim, he pops and floats out to the three-point line for a catch and shoot. I would like to see us run things like that, uh, assuming he showed in practice that he's capable of that. And obviously I watched the highlights of the Wilmington game and he clearly has got a stroke. So that's a place I'd like to see him maybe get some reps. Also as the trailing big and secondary, you know, if we get, we try to push the primary break and it, it rolls into secondary, if he's the trailing big, that's a catch and shoot like Jawad used to do, like Marvin used to do, like you, Luke has done. Uh, you'd love to see him catch and, and rip that shot because you know you're already going to have a big underneath for offensive rebounding, and and it should be a shot that he practices all the time stepping in. So, look, he's got the – it appears he's got the the physical capabilities in, in terms of his form and, and the way the ball leaves his hand looks very pure. Uh, but, again, he's got to get comfortable and understand and, and maybe watch some tape of Luke that, you know, as soon as Luke caught that ball and he was open, it was going up. And he's got to get that confidence. He's got to understand that Coach Williams is going to let him have that freedom. But with the way he appears he can shoot the ball, there shouldn't be a game where he only takes one three. I mean, he's got to get four or five of them up. And, again, we got to find ways to take pressure off of Cole. And a way to do that is have your stretch forward make some shots. And so he's got to not be afraid to put them up. How does Coach Williams coach that, getting guys to let it go? Um, and how does he, you know, because a lot of times there have been, you know, and I can't call the players' names that I'm thinking of right now, but guys would take a shot, maybe a bad shot, and then they're going over there to sit down. How does Coach Williams in practice or in, in the course of a season let guys know that take the shots and, and you know, get in the flow or, or do it within the flow of the offense and you'll stay in the ball game? How does that evolution happen? Yeah, I think film is a big part of it. You know, they'll they'll take the clips from this game and, and show everybody different opportunities they had. And again, it, it's going to be centered around taking pressure off of Cole. I don't know how exactly he'll message that to the team because it makes it seem like, you know, it's it's one guy and everybody else, which you don't want to ever have that communication to your team because it's a team. But he'll find a way to explain, even if it's just showing film to everybody and then pulling guys aside for individual film or individual individual conversations uh, to instill confidence in those guys. And if if he's as good a shooter as we hope he is, and if he makes shots in practice, 
and he stays after and, and puts it extra work in and coach Williams sees that, then he's going to give him that green light. He's going to instill the confidence in him. But again, it's three games, you know, let's see where he's at in game 11, 12, 13. And, and obviously he didn't have any trouble pulling the trigger against Wilmington. So uh, it's in there. He's just got to figure out how to do it on a consistent basis. Last couple guys, uh, before we get out of here, Garrison Brooks, six points, only took three shots, which uh, that's awfully low against a, a team like Gardner-Webb, I would think, but six rebounds, five assists, which is solid from the big man. And then Andrew Playtech, who's quite frankly, other than Cole Anthony, has been probably the most surprising player I've seen for Carolina this season in the first three games. Yeah, Andrew played very well. He's solid. You know, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to do anything crazy explosive. You'd love to see him make those open shots, one for four. Love to see him shoot another one or two and and shoot closer to 40% because he's going to be open. Guys are going to help off of him, especially when he's playing alongside Cole. But he does the scrappy things. He gets his hand on loose balls and and I think uh, even when B-Rob comes back, I think Andrew has earned a lot of minutes. It'll be interesting to see once B-Rob is back who wins the bulk of those minutes alongside between Keeling and Playtech. Um, and then Garrison's Garrison. You know, he was solid. I was frustrated a little bit with him in terms of having some of the same issues that Mondo had. A couple times brought the ball down and let guards just, just take the ball from him and strip him. As a junior, that should never happen. He knows better, uh, but he can fix that. Uh, his free throw stroke looked great. Uh, he's the anchor of our defense, obviously. Got in a little foul trouble tonight, but he's the anchor of our defense. He's the best talker. If you watch closely, you can you can see his communication on the defensive end. He's the best hedger on the ball screens. He's the best at boxing out. He's always in the right position to help. So he does all those things very well. Um, but, yeah, look, as we keep saying, whoever it's going to be, we need scoring out of anybody and, and all others. So you'd like to see more than three shots out of your, out of your junior big, but – you know, Baycott got more touches in the post and he's probably more polished anyway. So that's not the worst thing. I just think when he, when Garrison gets his opportunities, he can't get stripped by five, 10 guards. He's got to be stronger and, and go up and finish. Indeed. Carolina goes to three and oh, the season with the win over Gardner Webb, they've got Elon middle of next week. And then, like I said earlier, it's on to battle for the Atlantis. Do it any, anything that maybe the Carolina fan base says probably a little, Judging from the message boards, a little um, anxious with what they've seen maybe thus far. It, I don't think a lot of people, I know I haven't really seen a Carolina team that's at least thus far been one guy that's been the man um, with very little um, or, or not a second guy that's really stepped up. There's there's a multitude of people that have that have helped, but no real second fiddle for North Carolina what would you say to the fan base and to the people that follow this Carolina basketball team thus far this season three games in yeah it's just it's just be patient right the guy's got to figure out how to play alongside an alpha like Cole you know he's rare nobody on this team has played with someone quite like him because he's different than Kobe he's not he's not the same you know he's he's a different type of athlete different player and different skills and nuances so it's it's not the same as the guys who played next to, to Kobe last year or all that played next to Cole it's the same thing well no it's not it's different so let's be patient let's hope we stay healthy and let's remember that nearly every single year the team that we had in November looked drastically different in February and that's a tribute to our coach and how good he is at getting our teams ready to play when it matters the most so let's see how we do in the Atlantis or at the Atlantis. Let's see how we do early 
ACC and just be patient with these guys. Hope to God we stay healthy and get some guys back. Let's see where we're at. You know, I think it's going to be playing the long game, maybe more than ever. Uh, may have a couple tough losses that that hit us if Cole has an off night and can't carry us. Uh, but again, uh, I suspect you know the Keelings, the the Pierces, B Rob, Playtech, Baycott, Leaky, they're gonna they're gonna find their way and how to complement how good Cole is, and and we're gonna have a good feeling and and uh, a peaking team come mid to late February. Carolina wins 77-61. Johnny T-Shirt is our sponsor, and Dewey Burke's been my guest. Dewey, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. You got it. Thanks, Tommy. And before I forget, before I get out of here, and I appreciate Dewey again for joining me, if you want to go see Carolina and Mercer football game, senior night in Keenan Stadium next weekend, you need to enter the code 1925 in the thread on the Tar Pit Premium message board. Again, basketball podcast, but football ticket giveaway. Enter to win Mercer tickets to sit with Buck Sanders and myself at 3.30 next Saturday. 1925 is the code for Carolina and Mercer. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.